You are listening to I Doubt It with me, your host, Jesse Dolliman, a podcast dedicated to free-thinking discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This Thursday episode number 42 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. And sitting across from me, sweatily, is... How dare you? <laughs> is Brittany Page. I am sweaty, though. <laughs> I said, how dare you, but you are saying yeah. something factual, so... It's a nightmare. It is a nightmare. It's almost 90 degrees. Not the place in which we sit right now, but outside, out of doors. It's so bad that today for fun, I was just Googling the average temperature in other cities, dreaming about moving. <laughs> Didn't Yeah, you said the average temperature in Seattle. Yeah, it was like 67 degrees. That's fucking heaven. That's perfect. I was telling my best friend earlier today that 65 every day would be ideal for me. Yeah, that I, I would find nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's perfect. It's some when I watch Naked and Afraid. Yeah. They, when they say, "Oh, it's a frigid sixty-five degrees and raining outside," like fuck you, I would kill for sixty-five degrees and raining. Should we explain what Naked and Afraid is so you can feel very ashamed of yourself that you just said that you watch it? Oh well, it's a TV show. It's like a reality show on Discovery Channel where two contestants, a male and a female, go. They're like they go to a survivalist training and they are naked. Yeah, and it's not really a survivalist training, though, because they are technically, like, survival people, mm -hmm. and they get thrown into these environments naked, and they only get to have one tool each that they bring, and usually it's, like, a fire lighter. No, it's always, like, a hatchet or a machete and something to do with fire. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, anyway. what I, that's what I was trying to say. How dare you, again. So, anyway, we're not... We didn't come here to talk about Naked and Afraid, but we didn't. it happened nevertheless. A couple things in news I want to talk about. I appeared on a, well, I was lucky enough to appear on one of my absolute favorite podcasts. Lucky uh, dog. I know. It was very fun. It was a great conversation. It's a show called Sounds Like an Earful, and it's this uh, this guy in Canada, in Nova Scotia, I think, and it's a great, very entertaining, very creative, very unique show. It's unlike anything that's out there. It comes out every week to two weeks, I guess. And he has subjects that he talks about that are they're compelling and unique. And he has different takes on them. And he mixes in music and ed edits it together, cuts it together really tight. It's super awesome. Very entertaining. And I would have to say that this past episode that I was on, of course, it's the best episode that he's done. Right, right. <laughs> Narcissism. So. Uh, it was really good, though. It is a creative podcast. It's unlike anything I've heard, I yeah, think. It's for sure. very, like, music is a big part of it. Well, he writes, he writes and produces the music for the show. Yeah. For each individual episode. Yeah. So it's super creative. Great show. Anyway, it was a really good time. Had a great time on Sounds Like an Earful, and I would absolutely suggest that everyone within the sound of my voice go and check it out. It's on iTunes, or you can go to soundslikeanearful.com, 
and uh, go check it out. It was a good time. And I reviewed it on iTunes today, so maybe everybody can rate it and review it as well. Yeah, and if you haven't reviewed our show and rated our show, right as soon as you're done reviewing Sounds Like an Earful, you should go and do our show too. Yes. You lazy fuckers. (laughs) Good plan. So speaking of show formats, I want to... I'm actually coming to you, the audience, to ask for some help. I want to incorporate more interviews into the show. And I don't mean interviews like we did with Ryan Bell. I'm talking about just kind of man-on-the-street, everyday dude. We talk about our phone number all the time, 657-464-7609, for your edification. That is what it is. And you can text or call and leave a voicemail at that number. However, we don't really get very many, if any, participation with that particular method. That's fair to say, is it not? Yes. So what I want to do is start having people Skype in prior to the to, to, prior to Brittany and I sitting down and recording the episode and having talk about different topics relative to what's going on in the news and, you know, different things that affect us every day. So I want to do this, but I'm not exactly sure what would be the best method to do it. So please hit us on our Facebook, hit us on our email, hit us on Twitter, and shoot me some suggestions because I really would like this thing that we do here, this little project, to be a conversation. Yeah. And as it is now, it's more of a bully pulpit. So that's not what I intended, and that's really not what I want for this. I really want to further the dialogue, and I'm asking you, our loyal audience, to help us out and give me some ideas. For sure. Maybe what I should do, since our audience sometimes doesn't like to respond. <laughs> I They love to listen, but not always participate, and that's okay. Maybe I should write to uh, Dear Prudy on Slate, you know, that advice columnist that you love so much. See if she gives me. Don't say that I love her so much well, because th- I'm starting to get tired of it. There's an entertainment value there that you enjoy. Yeah, but not not really even anymore because I just get frustrated more than anything else while I'm reading it. <laughs> I, I seriously, the last several ones that I've received to my email, email inbox, I have just deleted without even finishing reading them because it just seems like people write in with these problems that are very simple and easy to solve. They're not really problems. Yeah. Things that you would encounter in your everyday life that... Yeah, and maybe it's just that I'm super straightforward and I don't, you know... Give me an example. Like, one woman wrote in and said that her fiancé shaved off his goatee and now she's no longer attracted to him. And kind of how does she broach this subject with him? Did the fiancé have it laser removed off where it'll never grow back? (laughs) No, he just shaved it off. Because she should answer her and say, you know, hair grows, right? Yeah. And also, um, do you have a mouth? Because you can just tell him, hey, I like that beard. Where'd it go? (laughs) I think you look better with the goatee. Yeah. Can you get that back? Let's get that one back. Yeah, I think that, that 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 would be an easy solve. Yeah. And then there was a woman who... It's usually women who write in, obviously. Um, and she said... Dudes don't need no advice. She said that she had an abortion and didn't tell her boyfriend and that her boyfriend really wants kids. And should she tell him that she had an abortion? Uh, does she want to keep the boyfriend? 
Yeah, that seems like a very simple solution there. You don't tell him if you want to continue in the relationship. You do tell him if you want to abandon ship. Yeah. Isn't that what you would say too? Yeah, I mean, and also if you're having an abortion with your boyfriend that wants kids, maybe you shouldn't be in that relationship. Is that not also apparent there? What kind of advice does Prudy give? Is it tough love or is it kind of mealy mouth bullshit? Uh, No, she's pretty tough. You know, she does that typical thing that most advice columnists do, which is like do super campy, weird things at the beginning, like try to make metaphors and like lame, you know what I mean? Like connect everything. Like if someone says a word that is also like a food word, then she'll like start the sentence off talking about food and then like, do you get what I'm trying to say? Yes. Weak metaphors. Yeah. Stretching, reaching. Yeah. Yeah. So then there's other situations where women write in and they're like, oh, how can I win over my boyfriend's friends and just give up. If you're writing in to Prudy to ask how you can win over your boyfriend's friends, probably not going to happen ever. If you need advice from a faceless advice columnist, you're fucked. You're you're not a people person. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Goddamn. So these are all problems that are just pretty clear and while i'm reading them i'm like this isn't even a problem well i've there have been times where you have informed me of things that you've read that seem too fantastical to be real like people are trying they're sitting down and creating some weird narrative to write in to prudy about yeah that's just fucking farcical yeah i definitely think that happens too there's vague ones that i remember like a coworker said she had walked in on her coworker like pooping in the shower or something. Right, I remember that one. And I mean, if that happened, that's terrible. But it just seems kind of. Come on. Yeah. Also, th- that's not something you need advice about. Yeah. Wasn't there? There wasn't there one about a woman who goes to the pool and there's a dude in like a a g string. Yeah. A thong yeah. Swim trunks or something. Yeah, and she she was complaining that she brings her toddler to the pool, and then this this man during the same time that she's bringing her toddler to the pool comes and swims laps in a thong, and what should she do about that? Um, either quit staring at his ass when he's there, <laughs> or come at a different time. You right. can't you can't tell this guy to do something different if they allow thongs at the pool that you're going to. Yeah, you know you can't tell him anything. You can't. What what can you do in that situation? Just shut your mouth. It's clearly shame. You can't shame him in anything because he feels no shame if he's wearing a fucking thong a thong speedo. Yeah, and at the pool. A, a lot of these are, um couples married couples who are writing in and asking advice on how to communicate things to their husband or wife like this one girl wrote in and said her husband loves to eat garlic and it just you know radiates out of his pores and it disgusts her and and she's tried to tell him and he doesn't care because he loves garlic well yeah garlic is delicious and how you do that if you're married to the man even if you're dating the man you say hey that's fucking gross tone it down or just suck it up and smell the garlic. Yeah, garlic smells delicious. Who, what was the one you were telling me about? Oh, where the husband tells crude crude jokes about her in in front of people. Yeah, and she was wanting to know how to handle that situation. Uh, tell him to shut his mouth. And if he doesn't shut his mouth, well, you, then we have a problem You here. tell him it's a fucking deal breaker. Yeah. If God you damn. don't stop making crude jokes about me in public, 
So anyway. This is done, sir. <laughs> these are very funny. You should check it out if you haven't already. It's on Slate.com. Dear Prudy is the, it's like Dear Abby, but it's Dear Prudence, Dear Prudy. And just laugh at the um, seemingly lack of logic, just basic logic yeah, that no, other humans no have. No fucking common sense. Yeah. Goddamn. So moving on, I don't know if you have heard of Ray Rice, Stephen A. Smith, and Whoopi Goldberg, but I'm sure you've heard of at least one of those names. Recently, a football player by the name of Ray Rice, who plays for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, was caught on camera shortly after having knocked his soon-to-be wife unconscious in an elevator. There's and video of it. There's video of him dragging her out of the elevator. And anyway, he had. It came out that she hit him. I guess it did. That's what I guess she had. She admitted it that she said that she had hit him, and then he hit her back. Huh. But he knocked her the fuck out. He was uh, suspended for two games, and it's going to cost a total loss of wages of five hundred and twenty-nine thousand dollars for yeah, two games. Whatever. And he issued a statement after this happened and said, quote, It is disappointing that I will not be with my teammates for the first two games of the season, but that's my fault. As I said earlier, I failed in many ways, but Janae and I have learned from this. We have become better as a couple and as parents. I am better because of everything we have experienced since that night. The counseling has helped tremendously. What a wonderfully <laughs> crafted statement. Written by what I assume is his publicist. Exactly. I hope that the counseling has helped because you have some serious problems if you punch your wife out and she gets knocked out. Well, the problem for me, well, we're going to get into this because Stephen A. Smith, who I don't know if you know who he is. He's an ESPN commentator slash personality who loves the fucking sound of his own stupid voice. He runs his suck like no other that I've ever heard. It, one time at a Lakers game, I was with my buddy, and we were, I guess, we we're behind the basket, and across, we see across the court, this guy in this suit that's probably four sizes too big for him, this tan suit, comes walking across in his cool guy walk, comes walking across the court very slowly, this is pregame, all the way across the court, makes it across, and just stands there near us until fans come over to take pictures with him. But that was the whole purpose of it. He wasn't going to meet anybody. He just came what walking a... over and then milled around. And then all these people came up and took, he took pictures. And then he walked slowly back like he's on display for everyone to see him. What a cool, classy guy. Yeah, he is a fucking worthless turd that who gets on my nerves like no other just listening to him. Yeah. But seeing that display just cemented everything I already thought I knew. Oh, I bet. About him. So anyway, that's just a personal little vignette. I liked you, it. For you. That was good. Paint uh, a clear picture. So he's a commentator who loves to run a suck. He, we're going to get into what he said and then Whoopi Goldberg said. But before that, I want to address what I think is a mistake on the part of the NFL relative to the punishment that they levied. And how it doesn't rise to the occasion, it doesn't. The punishment doesn't fit the crime because th there have been many, many sub suspensions, many game suspensions of people who smoke weed, who, I mean, performance enhancing drugs. The 
consequence is always more than what Ray Rice just got for knocking his wife unconscious. Right. I don't know if I mentioned he got a two-game suspension. Oh, okay, you did. Yeah. So what I'm talking about here is just the the lack of of consistency in these sentences for 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 bad behavior. For instance, well, what's the guy that had many many game suspension for um, banned substances? Levon Brazil. Levon Brazil, how many games? Sixteen. Sixteen game suspension for. Uh, substance abuse. Substance abuse. I don't know what kind of substance, but uh, it just says substance abuse. So, well, it's just we know it's not performance enhancing drugs because they say performance enhancing drugs if it is. So n- name some others. What are some others? There's another 16 game suspension for Daryl Washington, who is suspended for the entire season for substance abuse, his second offense. Yeah, that's 16 games. Then most of them are four-game suspensions for either substance abuse or performance-enhancing drugs. Right. So four-game suspension for that is is double what Ray Rice got for actually harming another human being, for knocking a defenseless, a clearly and obviously defenseless woman unconscious. Now, I don't know what the NFL is doing. Or who's in charge of this. But they need to look at their policies. They need to re-examine what their policies are. And start using a little fucking logic here. Now, what happened with Stephen A. Smith is... He is commenting on the two-game suspension. And then goes into this diatribe about... How absolutely you shouldn't hit a woman. You shouldn't do it. But... And that's where it gets good. About you. And here's what I mean by that. We keep talking about the guys. We know you have no business putting your hands on a woman. I don't know how many times I got to reiterate that. But as a man who was raised by women, see, I know what I'm going to do if somebody touches a female member of my family. I know what I'm going to do. I know what my boys are going to do. I know what I'm going to have to remind myself that I work for the worldwide leader. I'm going to have to get law enforcement officials involved because of what I'm going to be tempted to do. But what I've tried to employ the female members of my family, some of who you all met and talked to and what have you, is that, again, and this is what I've done this all my life, let's make sure we don't do anything to provoke wrong actions. Because if I come or somebody else come, whether it's law enforcement officials, your brother or or, or the fellas that you know, if we come after somebody has put their hands on you, it doesn't negate the fact that they already put their hands on you. So let's try to make sure that we can do our part in making sure that that doesn't happen. Now, you got some dudes that are just horrible and they're going to do it anyway. And there's never an, an excuse to put your hands on a woman. But domestic violence or, or, or you know, with, with or whatever the case may be, with men putting their hands on women is obviously a very real, real issue in our society. And I think that just talking about what guys shouldn't do, we got to also make sure that you can do your part 
to do whatever you can do to make to to, to to try to make sure it doesn't happen. We know they're wrong. We know they're criminal. We know they probably deserve to be in jail. In Ray Rice's case, he probably deserves more than the two-game suspension, which we both acknowledge. But at the same time, we also have to make sure that we learn as much as we can about elements of provocation. Not that there's real provocation, but the elements of provocation, you got to make sure that you address it because what we've got to do is do what we can to try to prevent the situation from happening in any way. And I don't think that's broached enough is all I'm saying. No. So I'd like him to explain to me what exactly are the things I need to avoid doing that fall under the umbrella of provoking someone to hit me. A right. man to hit me. Right. Like, what are the things? Is it uh, text messages from other dudes? Is that something that could fall under the umbrella of provoking that I need to avoid? He doesn't really get into specifics. Right. Well, in the case of this, she hit him. So I'm assuming Stephen A. Smith wants to let her know, hey, listen, even though a, a man should never hit a woman, uh, you probably shouldn't hit him because it will provoke him to hit you. My position is Ray Rice is a professional football player, and he's not a kicker. He's a big dude. <laughs> and she's a little girl. So if, he, if she hits him with all of her might, there is nothing she can do to harm him. She wouldn't be able to knock him unconscious. Absolutely not. Yes. And he could very easily kill her with one blow to the head. Mm-hmm. And he didn't knock her out by punching her in the stomach. Let's get that out of the way right away. Yeah. He didn't punch her in the arm and she passed out from it. Yeah. He hit her in the head. So, well, first, he's a terrible fucking human being who should be in jail. He should be prosecuted for this. A two-game suspension is ludicrous. Referring to Stephen A. Smith's comments, though, it's not a matter of chivalry. And we'll get to that with Whoopi Goldberg's comments. It's not a matter of chivalry that we live in this world where men should lay their jackets down and let women cross mud puddles. Uh, it's not cartoony. It's men are generally physically more capable and stronger than women. It's well, biological. It's not a matter of I'm not shitting on women. It's weird for them to even be bringing up the idea of chivalry because not hitting a woman is it shouldn't be considered chivalry, you know abstaining from violence against women isn't chivalry that's right no yeah well th but that's this chivalry got brought up in this conversation yeah not, not by me it yeah. got brought up by Whoopi goldberg yeah that's why it's interesting because i just it doesn't have a place here well let's i tell you what let's get this right out of the way right away is no one should be hitting anyone no if you're in a relationship well if you're not in a relationship you shouldn't be hitting anyone but if a woman hits a man and they're in a relationship, the man doesn't, there's no quid pro quo. He doesn't get to, well, you hit me. Well, now I, it's, it's owed to me that I get to hit you. That's, that's not part of the deal. Because it's like a police versus civilian kind of situation. The police have more power that's than exactly a regular right. citizen. So if they're in an altercation with someone, you know, that's why these cops get in trouble for killing people, because they have the tools on their little belts to control people, not kill them, not knock them unconscious. They have the tools and training to control someone. A man versus a woman, a man is typically stronger and can control the woman from 
you know, doing whatever she's doing, acting out in whatever way that she is. And of course, this isn't saying that, you know, that she hit him and she should be able to do that. Women who hit men need to calm the F down. You know, I mean, sure that's, that's definitely a symbol of someone who's unhealthy and lashing out. It's like this. Let's put it this way. If a 12-year-old boy hits me with a wiffle ball bat <laughs> and I pull out a gun and oh. shoot him in the face... Yikes. I, I'm in the wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. If an 18-year-old boy hits me with a wiffle ball bat and I pull out a gun and shoot him in the face, I'm in the wrong. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a matter of... Look, if she was the, the national kung fu champion of the world... <laughs> And he is just average Joe on the street, and he's defending himself because he thinks his life is in danger. You know, hey, I I can kind of see that. Yeah. But she's not. She's a small, a little female. Yeah. Who is up against a finely tuned athlete who smashes into the bodies of other finely tuned athletes at full speed. Yeah. God damn! I don't know where this provoking all this bullshit comes or in, or where there's this idea of someone needs to take responsibility for their actions. Right. You know. Well, he was raised by women, so he he knows. It's like when people were talking about the Chris Brown versus Rihanna situation, you know. And I don't know if these conversations took place where she needs to take some sort of responsibility and not provoke him. But even in that situation, I think there was rumors that he had seen text messages on her phone that made him angry. And that's why he right. beat her. Well, is that is that a legitimate form of provoking? No. <laughs> so Whoopi Goldberg goes on The View and she took up for Stephen A. Smith. Our friend Stephen A. Smith, he's going to be addressing some comments that he made on Friday regarding NFL player Ray Rice's two-game suspension for allegedly knocking out his fiance. Now, Smith basically said no man should ever hit a woman, but a woman should learn how to avoid provoking a man's anger. Now, some people are outraged, and let me just point out that the comment that he made is based on what the young lady said she did. Let's just let me just make yeah. that clear to y'all. Yeah. She said I hit him, and I believe that's what Stephen is pointing. No I just want to say, for a man, yes, hitting a woman unless his life is in jeopardy. No, I'm sorry, he knocked There's, her out. He knocked her out. Listen, cold. I'm sorry. If you hit somebody, you cannot be sure you are not going to get hit you by an idol because uh, no, 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 no. Oh yes, yes, no. baby. Listen, if you. If you're a little boy yeah. and you grow up with a little sister, a sister says, no, you can never hit her. And she's like this and she's hitting you all the time. You say, mommy, mommy. She yes. Well, you know what? I'm sorry. If you hit her, no. no. You have to teach no women. You have to teach women. Do not. Do not put your hands on anybody. Do not. Let me just. Let me. Let me. Can I, let me just finish my point. Because I know I'm going to catch a lot of hell, and I don't care. But you have to teach women. Do not live with this idea that men have the chivalry thing still with them. Right. Don't assume right. that that's still in place. Right. You know, so don't be surprised if you hit a man and he hits you back. You don't hit him. Listen, it. I'm sorry. You hit somebody, they hit you back. Okay, don't be surprised. Physical strength, they're not equal. You know what, then teach, 
It's the man. If you're concerned, listen, you men have already and been taught. There's no circumstance to hit a girl unless your life is in not to put their hands up on anybody. That's blame the victim, no, though. That's, oh, my God. That is not blame the I victim. I just said don't anybody hit anybody. <laughs> don't hit anybody. But if you make the choice as a woman who's four foot three and you decide to hit a guy who's six foot tall and you're the last thing he wants yeah. to deal with that day and he hits you back, you cannot be surprised. And Let's not hit him anyone. Him in jail. God damn. First of all, who can sit and listen and watch that fucking show? I was going to say. Without losing their goddamn mind. All those talking heads. I would be ready to check myself into a mental health fucking care facility after listening to any more than what we just listened to. It's a debacle. That is fucking, that is outrageous. That one was whippy, right? That was whippy. Okay. <laughs> so, several times, Whoopi says, no man should ever hit a woman. But. Yeah. But is the key word, I think. And then also her, if you're four foot three and you hit a man who's six foot tall. And he hits you back. Don't be surprised. What What the fuck? In what world? Ugh. And then the other thing. Goddamn. It fucking fires me up. The other thing is when she says women need to be taught. Women need to be taught. Women need to be taught. Oh, women, they need to be taught not to hit men. No. Women don't solely need to be taught not to hit men. Everybody needs to be taught. It's not okay if you're in a relationship to resort to violence yes it's not normal it's not healthy don't do that it's not yeah don't do it. there's no buts about this boy there's a there's a saying there's no there there's no buts about it yeah but there isn't there is no but to be had it's it's not no man should ever hit a woman but it's no man should ever hit, hit a woman period that's it. Yeah, I was also kind of missing what she was saying about the brother versus sister thing. If a if a sister, a little girl is hitting her brother, were you following that conversation? It was hard because there was so much fucking... Yeah, they have the audience clapping and then everyone's talking over each other. It was a yeah, lot to take in. It's it, it shouldn't be the view. It should be the squabble. Yes. But listen, there, I think there's an exemption for children to fight. Uh, you, you grew up with a brother... Oh yeah, we used to we used to kill each other. Yeah, and I don't have sisters, but I, we used to brawl. Yeah, siblings fight. They're kids. That's what they do. We're not talking about that. We're talking about grown adults in relationships. So we're going to finish it up with the another example of an artfully crafted apology from a publicist, except it's Stephen A. Smith. You'll notice he's not quite as verbose uh, and he doesn't ramble quite as much when he's reading something that has been prepared for him to read. Exactly. <laughs> so here is his, as you can tell, super heartfelt apology. Good morning. On Friday, speaking right here on First Take on the subject of domestic violence, I made what can only amount 
to the most egregious error of my career. While elaborating on thoughts concerning the NFL's ruling versus Ray Rice, following a domestic dispute with his then fiance, I ventured beyond the scope of our discussion by alluding to a woman's role in such heinous matters, going so far as to use the word provoke in my diatribe. My words came across that it is somehow a woman's fault. This was not my intent. It is not what I was trying to say. Yet the failure to clearly articulate something different lies squarely on my shoulders. To say what I actually said was foolish is an understatement. To say I was wrong is obvious. To apologize, to say I'm sorry, doesn't do the matter its proper justice, to be quite honest. But I do sincerely apologize. As a man raised by the greatest mother in the world and four older sisters, I've religiously spoken out against domestic violence all of my life. I've done so repeatedly over 20 years in this business, as well as over these very airwaves right here on First Take. My primary reason for doing so is because I've experienced and dealt with the matter within my own family. Unfortunately, I did an incredibly poor job of asserting my point of view this past Friday. For that, again, I am truly, truly sorry particularly the victims of domestic abuse, and to my female family members and loved ones I've disappointed and who know I know better. You all deserved a better professional and, quite frankly, a better man last Friday sitting on this very set in this very chair. My heartfelt apologies to each and every single one of you. So there you go. A heartfelt, spontaneous apology right. from the great Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, juxtapose what he originally said with that and the way he was speaking in the first comments and how he was speaking in this apology. The only thing he said in this particular piece, this clip, that was correct was the use of the word diatribe. Yeah, (laughs) that was good. It's really annoying, though, these people who keep saying things. And then going back and apologizing for what they said. He clearly means what he said or he wouldn't have said it. Right. He used the word provoke several times. Right. He meant what he said. He also said the but. Yeah. But. Yeah. So don't come back and say that you made a mistake and you're so sorry for what you said. You you probably did make a mistake because now you're in trouble. Right. But you really meant what you said. So we will let the audience decide and... Moving on to another subject related to TV and TV shows and the credibility of certain TV shows. I was watching Fox News. I I switched between Fox News and CNN quite often. Most of my time, I think, would be spent with CNN because especially lately, they're covering the news. And this is just one more example of why that is. But I was watching The Five which is a TV show on Fox News Channel hosted by a panel, a, a semi-permanent panel of five people. There's, what's her name? The the Andrea, the one who's Andrea Tontaneros, Dana Perino, Bob Beckel, Greg Gutfeld, Eric Bowling. Yeah, that's, that's generally who's there. There's some guests that come in, but... And they were talking about The Bachelor. And I guess the finale of The Bachelor happened recently? Is the that Bachelorette. Right? The Bachelorette. Oh, okay. Well, that shows how little I know about this. But so w- whichever the TV show was on, they were talking about the finale, that something happened during the finale that they wanted to talk about. This is a news program. Yeah. Well, while simultaneously, I, I flip back to 
to CNN and they've got a reporter in the field in a hail of bombing. He's, it's being shelling all around him. There's bombing going on. Buildings are being decimated all around him. And while that's happening live, these five idiots, and a couple of them I like, but these five idiots are talking about a vapid, terrible blight on our culture called The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Yeah, it is really embarrassing. They were playing like clips of whatever the, I don't know what was happening. The I think they call it like the after the rose ceremony or something like after the actual finale has occurred and they like sit down on the couch with the host and like review what has happened. And it was kind of funny because Bob Beckel is this old fat man on the show and he's the only liberal, quote unquote. He's not a liberal because he... uh is not a liberal he's staunchly against abortion he's he, he i guess he recently found jesus so he's like born again or something yeah and he they played this clip where she's on the couch the bachelorette is with the guy that she rejected apparently and he looks completely distraught talking about how they slept together and they cut back to bob on the five and he calls her a slut <laughs> And everyone gets super enraged by that. Well, I it was it, you could tell. I, I took video of all this and texted it to Brittany because it was so funny and hilarious and just classic. But what they all, I'm sure, knew that they would go to break and then come back from break, and Bob would have to apologize. And he did. And it's exactly what happened. Yeah. But I'm well. There's two things that I'm bothered by. One is the continued ratings of the bachelor and the bachelorette yeah it's sickening it's a it's a terrible black mark on our culture that that shit is popular i've seen full-on conversations between adult women that have kids and stuff talking about oh i like josh the best he's the coolest oh no i like dave dave is really the best he treats her the best they do the best things like talking about them and going into detail about how they feel about them the show is not real for sure it's not real you you have said i you may have put this out there as a, as a facebook status that if you are having conversations about the bachelor that you might as well unfriend me well i think i talk bad about it enough that people just delete me because they don't want to hear me <laughs> talking bad about people who watch the bachelor it's it's a terrible terrible show it's just come on it's also when it when it is the bachelor by the way i will see promos on tv and this happened or i was watching the soup one day and they were showing promos for the bachelor and it was women in bikinis with their backs to the bachelor and he was throwing a balloon filled with paint at the ones that he wanted to take on a date god damn it's like a howard stern episode i mean it's yeah it's what what is this playboy tv this is abc that i'm watching right now you know it's terrible, and it also sends a horrible message to impressionable young girls who are growing up and kind of feeling their way in, in, in our world. That's why it's a weird thing for grown women to watch it, too, because it's all these just catty women like fighting, and it's all this drama, and it just doesn't seem enjoyable to watch no. that mess. It's like watching The View. Right. But the the larger issue that, that I take with what, what transpired is that CNN is they have men and women 
on the ground in Israel during this this conflict. Rounds are flying down range. Bombs are dropping out of the air. And they've got men and women on the ground reporting live for the benefit of the viewer. And Fox News, they can't fucking bother to report any real news. They have the the the, the round table of of idiocy talking about the fucking bachelor. So I don't know where Fo- where Fox News has gone wrong or when they went wrong, but they need to get their shit together because their dominance in cable news will not last much longer if this is how they choose to do business. For sure. Or at least I fucking pray to the gods that don't exist that that would be the case. Yeah. Ugh, fuck. Speaking of news. 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 Jesse Ventura, who I tweeted yesterday and called him a cunt. Wow. Uh, he just won Hopefully a... he doesn't sue you for defamation. Well, I, I just think he's a cunt. He might not be a cunt. Yeah. It's, oh, I'm only alleging that I've heard him called a cunt. Yes. And then I tweeted and called him a cunt. Yeah. So he just won a $1.8 million verdict against the wife of a dead Navy SEAL for defamation. Yes. He just won a defamation lawsuit against late Navy SEAL Chris Kyle with $1.845 million. Which means he sued the wife. Yeah, he sued the estate. Right. Yeah. So the former Minnesota governor and WWE Hall of Famer is clearly walking away with some damage to his reputation as well because a lot of people are not happy about this. A Minnesota jury decided Tuesday that Ventura had been defamed when Kyle alleged he had punched him in a bar in 2006 over comments he made. The sniper claimed that Ventura disparaged Navy SEALs and said that they, quote, deserved to lose some for their actions in the war. Ventura, in turn, insisted the whole event never happened, and the majority of the jury, uh, split decision of 8-2, to two, appeared to agree with him. But in taking money from the Kyle estate, Ventura is taking a pounding from many military supporters and veterans. The common refrain, even if Kyle lied about Ventura, the defamation case should have been dropped after Kyle was shot to death on a gun range in Texas in 2013, allegedly by a Marine veteran he was helping through post-traumatic stress yeah it's completely and utterly ridiculous that this nut job jesse ventura former governor of minnesota someone who used to be an important figure on the national landscape of politics and ideas and he went from that to a 9-11 truther he's a he's a wild and crazy conspiracy theorist he might be more wacky than Alex Jones, if you if you know who Alex Jones is. he It's terrible how he's fallen. Yeah. Our favorite uh, newscaster, Anderson Cooper, weighed in on this and tweeted, I cannot believe that Jesse Ventura successfully sued the widow of a fallen Navy SEAL. Has he no shame? And someone replied to him and said, Why let people trash your name? Jesse is a boss. And Anderson Cooper replied, Dude, I saw Jesse Ventura's conspiracy theory TV show once. He's done quite a good job of trashing his own name. And <laughs> I couldn't have said it better. That's exactly right. Marcus Luttrell, whose story was told in Lone Survivor, also tweeted something 
negative yeah. about Ventura. Well, I don't know that there's any way to rationally look at this and take Ventura's side. He's it's it's a it's a terrible thing that he did because he might be suing the estate, but the estate is there to support the wife and child of Chris Kyle. So, shame on you, Jesse, former governor Jesse Ventura. You should be ashamed of yourself. But it's clear that you're you, you don't have the headspace. Definitely not. To have shame. No. Fucking joke. Speaking of fucking jokes, wow, that worked out well. As really a segue. well. Uh, Sarah Palin has just released or just introduced or launched her, what was supposed to be, I guess, Rogue TV is now SarahPalinChannel.com. Yes, the former Alaska governor is inviting her fans to go rogue and circumvent the mainstream media, or as she calls it, the lamestream media, <laughs> by catching her views on SarahPalinChannel.com on such diverse topics as impeaching President Obama, Vladimir Putin, and America's energy dependence, in addition to seeing her feeding her kids and going on hunting trips. This just sounds delightful. She she might as well be Kim Kardashian. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. It's and she's also asking for ten dollars a month from viewers. I don't pay ten dollars a month for my Netflix subscription. I pay eight dollars a month, seven dollars ninety nine cents a month for Netflix, and I get lots of actual entertainment. I'm not going to pay Sarah Palin $10. Well, you know, this might pay off because former Fox News Channel anchor Glenn Beck set up his own TV uh, effort on the web, The Blaze, in 2011, and he's attracted 300,000 subscribers paying $10 a month. Well, listen, I'm no fan of Glenn Beck. I mean, but I'll say this for him. Glenn Beck is at least intelligent. He's a smart person. Sarah Palin is a vapid void of human existence. She's not smart. She is wildly unintelligent. I don't... I tell you what. Here's... She introduced a the channel by putting out this short video. And she's just kind of talking about what the channel is going to be. Hello, and welcome to a new project. This is a news channel that really is a lot more than news. This is a community where we're going to be able to share ideas and discuss the issues of the day, and we're going to find solutions. Are you tired of the media filters? Well, I am. I always have been, so we're going to do something about it. I want to talk directly to you on our channel, on my terms, and no need to please the powers that be. Most importantly, I want you to talk directly to me. That's what I'm most anxious about, hearing from you. Together, we'll go beyond the sound bites and cut through the media's politically correct filter in things like Washington, D.C.'s crony capitalism. We'll go around all that. We'll go directly to the root of the problems confronting America. We'll talk about the issues that the mainstream media won't talk about. And we'll look at the ideas that mm, I think Washington doesn't want you to hear. And we'll meet inspiring people from across our great nation. We'll also share some of the fun that goes on in the Palin household and a lot of our adventures in the great outdoors, trying to just get us from point A to point B. And believe me, it is fun because it's real life. 
We'll also invite guests to chat with us and share their perspectives and fly on the wall backstage coverage of some of the events that we're so blessed to participate in, speeches, campaign rallies all across America. Plus, you'll get a chance to ask me anything on our regular video chats that we'll set up. We're going to make this easy, too. You can watch our channel right here on your computer, your tablet, or even on your smartphone. Please join us today. Really, make this your channel. Together, let's live life vibrantly, purposefully, and boldly. I pretty much guarantee it's not going to be real life. So Absolutely. Who wants to see them go on fucking hunting trips? I, I... I can't think of anything that would be worse. I guess I say that, but they did have that show on TLC, like the dick holes or whatever the show was named, the the Palin buffoonery or whatever. Yeah. And it must have, I guess it did okay. Cause I, wasn't it on for multiple seasons? I have no idea. Yeah, either do I. L- let's it's just... not a show anymore, so that yeah, says something. Yeah, I guess something. it didn't do so great. So... $10 a month. I am really cannot wait for this to fall straight flat on its fucking face. Because unless she has a script in front of her, she is remarkably unintelligent with her fucking word salad. It, it's almost like real or randomly generated, the game we play with Deepak Chopra. Yeah. I mean, it's... You can just... Talk about liberty and founding fathers and throw a few buzzwords in there and you can create a randomly generated statement from Sarah Palin. Lamestream media, bears, hunting, guns. Grizzly mom. Impeach Obama. If you want to, in fact, if there's any programmers out there who would want to tackle this, that is a great project that I'd love to help you with to create a, a randomly generated quote machine for Sarah Palin. And we could we could work on it together. It'd be a great project. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn. So today, Brittany found a screenshot of someone's Facebook page that she shared, and she hashtagged it. This person exists. This person exists. Happy Wednesday is what the post was, and I think that hashtag this person exists is something that should be is something that should be common. We should start this right now on I Doubt It with Dollamore. If it hasn't been started, I would love to take credit for that. Oh, you think it's already been done? Oh, I don't know. Probably. Well, we need to make it stick. Yes. So, first of all, tell what you saw. This was a person who commented, I'm assuming on a uh, Ebola status and right. e- Ebola status about something how how to cure it or what can be done when someone gets Ebola well right now right now the largest most devastating outbreak in the history of the disease is happening in West Africa and people it's in the news so people are talking about e- the Ebola virus and I read that the mortality rate is like 60 to 90 percent so yeah. it's I have heard that if you get it, you have a 10% chance of living. Yeah, yeah. so it's bad. Um, and this person, this is their advice for you if you get Ebola. I, I need to know because yeah. I'm a little worried. Okay, number one, lots of non-GMO vitamins and coconut water. Mm. Coconut water. Yeah. That cures the Ebola. Yeah. Nice. And vaccines make you sick, so if you're non-vaccinated, you should be good. Okay. That, again... 
logical, sound, reasoned medical advice. Yes, because like it. it's the vaccines that make you sick, not the diseases. Exactly. So Ebola can be cured with coconut water and vitamin C. Wow. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I so, wonder if these people who are dying of it know this. If this person can spread the word, that'd be great. Right. It's clearly just no different than the common cold. You know, the doctors probably don't know this. If this woman could please let the doctors that are treating people with Ebola know that coconut water and vitamin C is where it's at. Yeah, there's no need for a scientific laboratory when you've got your local Albertsons and you can just buy vitamin C and coconut water. Yeah, while we're on this topic, let's talk about people who post about how the government knows there's a cure for cancer and they're just hiding it. Yes. And like scientists know, Big Pharma knows. You mean but... like people who post about with naturalnews.com yeah, exactly. or Mother Jones. Exactly. There was a really good article that I will put on the Facebook page about this topic. It's from a cancer researcher who's worked in the field, the academic field for, you know, over a decade or whatever. Yeah. And she expressed her just incredible frustration with these theories because she said, if we all had a cure that we knew of, that we were hiding from everybody, why are our families dying? Why are actual cancer researchers yes, why are, dying of cancer? Exactly. Why are people who are fighting to find a cure, why are they dying? They it, wouldn't be dying if right. they knew what it was because they would save themselves. She also made the great point that... Who would hide the cure? Wouldn't they want to come out and say, I am the one? Not just not just for fame, for, for fortune. Yes. You would absolutely win the Nobel Prize. Exactly. That's what you are fighting to get, right? Right. Who wouldn't want to come out and say, I found the cure. Here it is. Give me that Nobel Prize. Ugh. It's fucking ludicrous. It's just illogical. Well, it's like any other conspiracy theory. It makes no fucking sense. Yeah. You, you've got to want to believe it to be sucked into that bullshit. Yeah. It's not just damaging, though. It's, it's patently, and I know I always talk about offensive. It doesn't really mean anything, but it, it's, a, it's not fair to the people who are working their asses off to actually cure cancer. Yeah. And it's not fair to the people who have lost loved ones to this horrible disease to make these kind of claims. Fuck you. you you're worthless conspiracy theory bullshit. Yeah, and sunflower seed oil doesn't cure cancer. Let's e just throw that out there. Either does uh, weed oil. Yeah. Weed extract. It doesn't kill cancer cells. If all this stuff cured cancer, then wouldn't cancer not be a problem anymore? Because exactly everyone would right. be using sunflower seed oil. and. Well, why is it such a secret? That's exactly right. If 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 coconut water and vitamin C cured the Ebola virus, there would be a run on coconut water and vitamin C right now to ship it over to Liberia. Yeah. And where they're closing down all the schools for 30 days right now. Yeah. Th that's where they would be. Yeah, if only... You wouldn't be able to get it in the United States because it would all be over there to cure them. Yeah, if only it was this easy. Fuck. So... This person exists is something that needs to happen, and we welcome your your submissions to hashtag this person exists. Yeah, this should be fun. It should be fun. Speaking of fun, that's a stretch. 
that's really not that great a segue. John Walsh is at it again. He is back, everybody. He's a boss. When he first started, you know, John Walsh of America's most wanted fame, uh, he, his son was murdered and decapitated brutally. Well, there's no nice way to decapitate someone, but he was brutally murdered and kidnapped, um, by a serial, crazed serial killer. And in 1981, I believe, in the early 80s, and, and he went on a mission to put killers and kidnappers and uh, people who have victimized children, especially in prison. He funneled his trauma and his pain into the best avenue possible. This guy is a hero. Yes. John Walsh is a hero. Well, so I'm sure everybody within the sound of my voice has heard of America's Most Wanted. Well, he's got a new show on CNN, and when it first, it's called The Hunt, and when it first came out, I had thoughts that, oh, fuck, I really hope this thing takes off and is not, you know, quickly taken off the air because it's not, it's not getting ratings and not working. Because it, it's really different from America's Most Wanted. It's artsy. It's a shot really dramatic. well. Yeah. yeah. So it definitely is artsy, and it is shot well. That's I'm glad you said that. But... In the first two or three episodes, they've already nabbed a dirty, filthy, alleged, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, and by tongue-in-cheek I mean alleged, he's alleged, child molester. Yeah, it took them a week. The episode uh, aired on a Sunday, and within a week, they had received a tip. Mm Mm-hmm. And apparently they had set up an operation to get him and it fell through. And so they aired the episode again. Yeah, they went to um, where he supposedly worked, yeah. went to his re- the restaurant, and he never showed up. Yeah. And so they think maybe, you know, something happened. He heard about it or he moved to a different location. So they aired the episode again, got another tip, and it ended with him dead and it ended with a shootout and uh, three officers were wounded, I believe. Yeah. One was shot in the stomach a couple times and they ended up killing him. So he's off the streets, yep. which One is a good thing. Less alleged child molester. Yeah. He had been on the run for two years and he had molested the little boy of his friends. Allegedly. And when the boy came forward with this accusation, the police officers had investigated this person. His name's Charles Moser, and he they found out that he had been accused of child molestation before. Mm-hmm. There just wasn't enough evidence to convict him. That's right. And so, you know, so he went on the run. They brought him in for questioning, and then he di- after questioning, he disappeared. Yeah, he, he went on the run, ditched his car in Georgia. From San Diego, mm-hmm. he started, ditched his car in Georgia, and then two years later, found and killed in a shootout with cops in Greenwich Village in New York City. Yeah. So, look, <laughs> I'm not saying that he absolutely did it, but you don't fucking run like that when you're innocent. Or it wouldn't seem to me that you would go running for your life like that if you were stone cold innocent. Yeah, run and then hide for 2 years. Yeah. You would want to fight the accusations. Absolutely. Clear your name. Yeah. But I mean, there were other things working against him when they went into his apartment and searched it. He had, you know, child pornography on his computer and his phone and bestiality. That's right. That's right. 
and bestiality. And the little boy who was molested by him had told the police officers that during the molestation, he asked him if he knew how big a dog's penis was or something. Do you remember that during the episode? I don't know if he asked the kid. I I mean, I was half in and out when that episode was playing, but I don't know if he asked the kid if how big a a dog's dick was or if he asked the the kid's dad, like, because they were friends. Yeah, I don't... I just thought that was a weird... I don't know, but that's weird and gross. Yeah, he was into... Animals. Animals. I think he had a dog, too. He did have a dog. That they poor showed dog. pictures of it. Oh, yeah, they were lab. showing the picture. They were showing up close, artsy pictures of the dog's mouth while they're talking about all this stuff. <laughs> and I'm just horrified. Like, please stop showing that poor dog's mouth. So funny. <laughs> so that fucking dirty perv is off the streets and dead. He's dead. He got what he deserved. That's true. And John Walsh is taking care of biz. He is fucking taking care of biz. At it again. Very happy. You should check that show out. I think it airs on Sunday nights on CNN. Yes. So that's it. John Walsh. Hashtag this person exists. Well, we can apply that hashtag to Sarah Palin. Yeah, we can. (laughs) And Jesse Ventura, The Five, how CNN's getting it done and Fox News is dragging and lagging. We talked about Stephen A. Smith and the Ray Rice situation. We covered a lot. Yeah, they could they could all be hashtag this person exists. I think so. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So listen, I really want to uh, appeal to the audience one more time. If you have some advice or if you would like to come on and talk, I would love to, even if you disagree, look, even if you disagree, I will have you on. It doesn't have to be a long time. 10, 15 minute talk, five minute talk, whatever. I could Skype you in. We could, we could get your, your, your views on the record and we could do it like a crossfire thing without the hyperbole that the networks provide. But I just want some other opinions in here. Cause you know, although I think I'm right, you know, it's a good chance I'm not. It's not the far left. It's not the fall right. It's somewhere in the middle. That's, it's almost always right. And I'd like to get some other opinions and viewpoints on the record. So help me out. Please do. And by helping me out. Now there's a segue. Dollamore.com. If you're going to spend your money at Amazon.com anyway, go to Dollamore.com at the top right hand uh, part of the page. There's a search bar. If you want to buy a book or a new TV to watch The Hunt... Perfect. On CNN, Mm -hmm. you can buy it there, and your support of the show goes a long way to helping us stay in the tubes. Yes, it does. So that's going to do it for episode 42. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. Jesse Ventura, who I tweeted yesterday and called him a cunt. Wow. Wow. (laughs) 